if you'll remain standing, please, but turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter number 6, way up by the book of Hebrews, Galatians chapter number 6. Showing respect out of God's word, we'll remain standing. I will read out loud. You read along with me, but we'll read it together. Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 6 and 8. Galatians chapter number 6, verses number 6, I'm sorry, verses number 7 and 8. Starting verse number 7, Galatians chapter 6. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now go to Psalms, which is in the middle of your Bible. Right after Psalms is the book of Proverbs. Right after Proverbs is a book called Ecclesiastes. You want to go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Once you find the book of Ecclesiastes, go to chapter number 10. <coughs> Excuse me. Chapter number 10, Ecclesiastes. I need a fella. I need one of you guys over here sitting between these two and sharing your Bible. David, you share your Bible with him and everybody. Good, wonderful. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, look at verse number 8, please. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. And whosoever breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Now we'll try to explain some of this in a moment. Now go all the way back to the Old Testament, way back in the Old Testament, and go to Numbers chapter 32. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers chapter number you've located chapter number 32 of the book of Numbers, locate also verse number 23. <laughs> verse number 23. But if ye will not do so, behold sin, I'm sorry, behold ye have sinned against the Lord. Be sure your sin will find you out. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for all that you have done for us. I pray, dear Lord, you will work in the hearts of the people, saved and unsaved alike. Lord, all of those that are here this morning, there's no sense of just showing up at a building to be showing up. We come to hear from you. Talk to us this morning, each of us individually. May we pay attention to the message. May we open our mind and our heart to receive whatever it is that you've asked us to receive. Father, I pray by the Holy Ghost of God that there will be conviction, that there will be strength, there'll be encouragement. Father, please confirm your word and what is said this morning. Bless the dear folks, and we'll thank you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Sometimes are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humble your hearts to God, take from the chasing rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. 
Jesus is Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Prophets will shout. All of the dead in Christ shall rise. Righteous meet righteous in the sky. Going where going where no one dies. Heavenward Troubles will soon be more happy forevermore when we meet on that shore, free from all care. Rising up in the sky, telling this world goodbye. Homeward we then shall fly, glory to share. Jesus is Jesus is coming soon, morning or night, night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound, all of the dead in Christ shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies, going where no one dies. Heavenward Jesus is Jesus is coming soon, morning or night, night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. All of the dead in Christ shall rise. Christ is feeding in the skies, going where going where no one dies. Heavenward all of the dead in Christ shall rise, righteous meet righteous in, in the skies, going where, going where no one dies, heavenward bound, heavenward bound. sinner sin, even though he knows it's wrong? Why does a Christian sin, even though he knows it's wrong? Why do we do that? First, let me say this. Christians do not have to let sin control them. We all fuss with sin. We would no longer, if you're a true born-again Christian, look up here and pay attention to me. You do not have to allow sin to reign, a very important word, and sin cannot overwhelm you to the point it has to, you, you, you have to be forced to sin. None of that's true. You do not have to let it reign. It cannot force you to do anything. Secondly, let me say this, because we as Christians are always learning, and we should be, we should always be growing in grace and in knowledge, we do not know all things all the time. Because of that, we do things that are sinful we're not even aware of. In the Bible, it is called, Old Testament, New Testament, sins of ignorance. In, in, in other words, you, 
this happens all the time. Leviticus chapter 4, verse number 2. Numbers chapter 15, verse 27. Romans chapter 10, verse number 1 through verse number 3. You say, preacher. Okay, ready? We're going to hit this right off the bat. Preacher starts preaching that tithing is robbing God. You sit there, you just got saved, you go, I didn't hear that. That's an honest statement. Now, if you've been attending this church very long, that's not an honest statement anymore. The new Christian says, I've never heard of that. Not tithing is a sin. Listen to me carefully. Not tithing is a sin. But he is ignorant of it. Therefore, he is not accountable. Don't, don't jump to conclusions. He's never felt shame, guilt. He's never felt that. Why? He didn't know. And so God points this out, and until he is introduced to the truth, he didn't know that. Go to James chapter number 4, way up just past the book of Hebrews. James chapter number 4. I will get to preaching here in a second, so don't lose me, okay? James chapter number 4 and verse number 17. Call it sins of ignorance. And then there are sins that we know. By the way, you can't fool God. I didn't know that. Yes, you did. And uh, then God talks about those who do know. All right? James chapter number 4, verse number 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is a sin. We have to understand sometimes we want to so uh, critically judge everybody. Well, why aren't they doing this? Uh, Maybe they're not aware of it yet. Now, By you saying, why aren't they doing this? What you're saying is, I'm aware of it. So you're held responsible to them that knoweth to do right and do it not. To them it's a sin. But there are sins of ignorance. When knowledge of what is right is revealed, it brings the responsibility to do right. Now, I'm not trying to get real deep here. I'm trying to help you understand a, a, a truth and a principle here. When knowledge of what is right is finally revealed to us, like this morning, finally revealed to us, now we are responsible to start doing or heading in a direction that is right. Once light or understanding has been revealed through God's word concerning something that we know or didn't know, and we begin to add that to a light, now we're accountable. Now we're accountable. Are you listening to me? Now we're accountable. Because we do know what is life, right? And what that light, that understanding has revealed, now we have to do, now we have to act in a certain way because God has shown it to us. Every person that comes in, here's what it throws us. We think size and age means a person is mature and they ought to know better. Would you trust me on this one? There are a lot of 50, 60-year-old babies in Christianity that do not know. They've never desired the sincere milk of the word, and so they stayed at that stage. And so what happens here is that we're supposed to continue to grow in grace and knowledge, and as that knowledge comes in, and once God knows that we understand that, now we become responsible. Whether anybody else is or not, we become responsible. If a Christian knows what is sin for him and knows it's against God, why would we sin? I know it's against God. I I know that. I'm not fooling anybody. I know it's against God. I'm not fooling anybody. Why would we sin? Go to Galatians in James. Go back past Hebrews, and you'll bump in close to Galatians. Just keep going back about five or six books. You'll bump right into it. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. If you walk in the Spirit, you shall not 
fulfill the lust of the flesh. The things I, as a Christian, know are contrary to God's word. I do not have to succumb to it. I do not have to yield to it if I walk in the spirit. So God said, there you go. If you do that, you don't have to do that. He didn't say I wouldn't struggle with it. He said I didn't have to walk in it. I don't have to let it reign in my heart. I do not have to allow it to control my life. The things I as a Christian do, I don't have to allow that or let it have its way. So again, I'm saying, why do Christians sin if they know they're sinning? Why do we do that? We know the guilt immediately. Holy Spirit makes us feel guilty, right? The preaching, like this morning, right off the bat, you said, so right off the bat, right? We talk about prayer. We talk about reading the Bible. Guilty again. It's not, it's not like we're shocked. Wow, I didn't know that. No, we know it. There are people who know and they're accountable, but there are people who are ignorant of these things and they do not know. Okay, when I first got saved, seriously, I did not know there was a book called Genesis. I never heard of revolutions. Never heard of it. Didn't know there was a book of Job's jobs. Didn't know that. You need a job? There's a book in it. Right there. And uh, I didn't know that. Seriously, I'm not trying to sound. I was just ignorant of the fact. I wasn't stupid. I was ignorant. I did not know. You, you, you follow me so far? So what happens here, again, why do Christians sin when they know they're sinning and they know it's wrong? I couldn't help it. First of all, that's not true. You walk in the Spirit, you do not have to fulfill the lust of the flesh. It doesn't mean you're not fighting with sin. It means you don't have to fulfill that. I believe when a Christian begins to let sin rule and reign and have permanent space in their lives, they do so because they have forgotten sin. They have forgotten a part of sin. I want you to follow me very carefully this morning, see if I can't help you. Christians, we are allowing more and more of the world and known sin in our life. We know it. First of all, let me say this. The part of sin that Christians do not forget, let's start there. Let's just talk about what we haven't forgotten. Do you suppose that the modern-day Christian has forgotten that cussing is wrong? Wow, I didn't know that. You suppose that? No, that's not true. They know. Is that right? They know. You know, I know, the modern-day Christian. So that it, they, they do know that. Is it possible that today's Christian just does not realize that adultery is wrong? You suppose that the modern-day Christian in America, you suppose we do not realize that adultery is sin? Then why do so many do it? This is my point. Why do we continue to do this? What about sex outside of marriage? What about lying? Lying is a sin. Little white lies, little gray lies, little deceiving, it's all sin. That's not a sin anymore, I guess. I don't know. How about gossip? Evidently, gossip's not a sin anymore. Everybody's joining in, YouTube, right? Friends, uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, uh, you, you chat too much, something. Okay? Do you also understand that, look at me, unforgiveness from a Christian is sin? Have we forgotten that? Is it not a sin anymore? How about not attending church, not praying, not reading your Bible? What about divorce? Is that still a sin? How about homosexuality? In the Bible, it's called sodomy, the sin of sodomy. I don't care if the whole world accepts it. Come on, Christian. When did we get to the place that evidently that's not a sin anymore? Causing trouble in a church. 
you go ahead and read Proverbs, you'll find out the number seven that's an abomination to God is causing divisions among the brethren. It didn't say whether you thought you were right or not had got a thing to do with it. Have we forgotten that? I mean, is that not a sin anymore, causing trouble in church, cheating one out of what you owe them? Well, that's business practice today, yeah. I'm sorry, God hadn't changed his mind about that at all. Murdering babies, is that still a sin? Is, is that murder of the innocent? Is that still a sin? You say, preach, I'm offended. Really don't care. The problem is we want to sit in church and feel good about the way we're living. You pick the wrong church to come to. I hope I make you so uncomfortable. You either run to the altar or run out. You run out, we're going to go. So that Now, drug abusers in the Bible is called sorcery, nudity, drinking, drunkenness, on and on and on. No longer sin. Are these things, I mean, in the modern day Christian era, I mean, we're so advanced. Is this not sin anymore? Is this what we're saying? Maybe somehow it's no longer wrong. These would not be sins of ignorance. You know that, and I know that. So would this be a part of sin in Christians' life? Is this what they have forgotten? No, we didn't forget it. We know these things. We know this. You can lie. You can deceive. You can argue your point. You can do whatever you want to do. But we know these things are sin. They may go through all this. We knew that before we did them. Moses looked this way and that way. Yeah, before you had that adulterous affair. So let's quit kidding one another, okay? You can say what you want to, but the fact of the matter is we were very knowledgeable about that. While we were doing the sin, we knew it was wrong. So before the sin, while we're doing the sin, and especially after they've done that, we knew that was wrong. I'm talking about born-again Christians. You have the Spirit of God inside of you that's just lighting you up on the inside. David's adulterous affair with Bathsheba. You remember that story? Sit still. David was the king over God's people. And part of his job was to guide them in the ways of God. That was his job, part of his job, a large part of his job. David, did not David know ahead of time that adultery, taking another woman that was not his wife? You mean to tell me David didn't know? Maybe David didn't know. Maybe he was ignorant of the fact. That's funny because the Bible says in Exodus 20, verse number 17, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox or any. He goes on and covers every base, and in there includes his wife. And he took Uriah the Hittite's wife and had an adulterous affair with her. He also knew Exodus 20, and verse number 14, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, David was supposed to teach God's people how to walk with God, along with his many other duties. So maybe they didn't know. David knew. David knew. Nathan, the preacher. See, David tried to cover it up, act like everything was okay. Oh, that's just the way you look at it, and this is the way I look at it. No, this is the way God looks at it. So what you do and I do is not avoid. That's what God says. So what we have here is Nathan, the preacher, had to actually pin David down. See, this is what's wrong, in my opinion, with preaching today. We leave with whole stacks of notes, no conviction, no change, 
Nothing's going to irritate us. Nothing's going to get us uncomfortable. We'll come back tonight and be the same way we were this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, preaching is meant to bring about a change in a person's life. Either add something to your life or something needs to go from your life. That's what preaching is for. It's not just an entertainment. It's not just a knowledgeable thing. Nathan came to David and tells him, if you would, a Bible story. In that Bible story, you know what goes on. He's telling this story about this rich guy that stole this poor guy's only lamb. David was furious. Maybe like when I'm talking about adultery or not tithing, you go, okay, say, amen. I'm talking to you. So Nathan comes in there and he says to himself, uh, David, what do you think about that? That guy ought to be killed and he needs to pay back. And Nathan said, David, I'm talking to you. You are the man I'm talking about. God pins you down sometimes, doesn't he? You know that. I know that. So what happens, this is not that David forgot this. David knew this. But when David began his sin and during his sin, I believe there was a part about sin he forgot. I believe there's a part, just like we do, there's a part about sin. We know it's sin going into it. We know it's sin while we're doing it. We know it's sin afterward. Then why would we do such a thing? Because I think there's a part of sin that we forgot. There's a guy in the Bible. I, again, I, I tell our folks here this all the time. I'm amazed at how God named people before an incident happened. Like Achan. It's just strange that his name was Achan, right? Or that her name was Bathsheba, and he happened to notice her taking a, yeah, isn't that weird? And so Achan, uh, before Joshua, God came to Joshua and said, okay, here's what you tell the people. When you cross over Jordan, the very, look at me, listen to me, this has to do with your money. This ought to interest you. The very first city, God said, is mine. The first fruit of the entire promised land is mine. You don't take anything. It's the biggest. It's mine. I put my claim to it into the story. Joshua said, folks, listen to me. God said he's going to give us this city. Listen to me. He's going to give it. Let me bring this down. He's going to give you a job. But the first of what you make belongs to me. So God told Joshua, you tell the people now when they go in there, don't touch anything. If they do, it's a curse. I've already put my claim to it. It's mine. All of it's mine. Everybody, yes, sir. We got that. Okay. So God put the walls to come down. Everybody walked straight forward. Everybody took over everything. Wouldn't you know it? There was a Baptist in the crowd who said to himself, yeah, but I have needs too. I'm married. You know how women are. Not one amen. You chicken. You chicken. And so what happened was on his way out from battle, after everything God did, after all the announcements about sin, after all the preaching about tithes and offerings, Achan decides on his way out, man, that's a nice wedge of gold right there. He looked over here and saw some silver. It's just laying there. I mean, do anybody any good? So he takes that. And then he thinks of his wife. Ooh, a nice Babylonian she got. Ooh. I wonder if he took her conscience about what he did. He said, what are you doing? You're not supposed to take that. Honey, look what I got for you. Oh, change your mind, did you? 
He said, preacher, how, how do you know it was wrong? Well, as you go ahead and read the story, you come to find out that he took this and hid it, ready? Not in his tent, under his tent. So he goes home and, okay, if it was okay, he'd be bragging. You wouldn't believe what I got in the battle. Check this out. Look at, look at, you see this wedge of gold? Look at all this silver. Honey, I got you. Oh, you're going to love it. I got it from Macy's. This is great. You stole it from Macy's. Is that what you're saying? And so if everything was okay, the very least he'd be showing people or bragging about it. But he didn't. He hid it, which goes to let you know he knew it was wrong. It wasn't like it was an accident. Hey, how was I supposed to know? Then why did you hide it? Why do you drive away from the house to do that? Why do you go away from church to do that? Why do you avoid the preacher in conversation? Why do you keep saying, I did not know, when you know, we know, you know? Okay, now, so what happens here is this. This is not that Achan forgot. He knew. He knew it going into it because Joshua had told everybody. While he's fighting and taking over the city, which they never raised anything, everybody died. God took care of it all. Maybe he was bored. silver. Add a little bit of garment. Give that to my wife. He knew. He knew. He knew before. He knew during. So I have a question for you. Why did he do this? A man, Joshua, told him what was going to happen. Before he stole a thing, he said, now look, this doesn't belong to your neighbor and it doesn't belong to them. This belongs to God. Leave it alone. But there was a part of sin while he was committing the sin, I believe, that he had forgotten. It's the same part of sin you and I forget when we begin. It's the same part you and I forget. You listen to me carefully. You want to know why you're sinning and you know it's wrong? You say, I couldn't help it. Okay, we've already established that. That's not true. Sin does not have to reign. It doesn't have to have a seat at the table. It doesn't have to occupy your life, and there's nothing you can do. We all fight with sin, so that, that's, that's, that's no sense even mentioning that. But as far as it controlling you, could, that's not true. That's not true. As bad as it may seem, as weak as it may seem, you did it because you gave in. As God said, you don't have to. Okay? So what happens here is the same thing we do before we sin and during our sin. And I could go on on. Okay, Samson, King David, Balaam, Korah. Ananias and Sapphira, on and on. It is not that they forgot what sin was or what they were going to do, what, what they were doing while they were sinning. They knew that was wrong. Everyone, every incident in the Bible. They knew. So that's not the forgotten part. Number two, let's talk about the forgotten part of sin. That's what you want to know about. David said, I'll say it for David. David, you did not forget adultery was wrong. That's not the part you forgot. David, you did not forget while you were in adultery that adultery was wrong. Why? Why did you go through with it, David? Even though you knew what God had said ahead of time and you knew what was going on. You ready? Here it is. I think here's what we forget. You forgot the consequences that came along with your disobedience. You actually thought you would continue. You knew ahead of time. You knew during. You knew even after, unless you're still continuing. 
You knew it was wrong, and you actually thought what? I'll get by with it. It really doesn't matter. Is this the part that we have forgotten about? Do you know what that one night of pleasure cost David? Have you read the Bible? Do you know one night of pleasure? One night. One night of pleasure. And David said, okay, uh, we act like nothing happened. You go home. See you later, kid. Have a good, have a good life. Uh, you're married anyway. Get out of here. It's all taken care of. First of all, David, you knew it was adultery before you started. You knew it was going on while you were having that relationship, and you knew afterward. That's why you sent her home, and then you got the phone call, so to speak. Didn't have phones in those days, let you know. She said, David, I'm with child. Okay, now how do I write this? Right? That ain't always say, oh, we had plans so well. Oh, I knew something. You knew? So it was this foreboding, this, this is not going to work thing going on in your life. Let me tell you what it cost David. He and Bathsheba, she got pregnant right off the bat. And as soon as she had that baby, it died. So their first child died. And it was in direct connection with David's sin. We keep writing that off. Folks, okay, let's just go on with this. He lost the joy of his salvation. And before you don't think that's a big deal, you ever see Christians, everybody shouting and, and amening and everybody's having a good time? You hate the whole thing. You're as numb to the blessings of God as if you were a stone. Do you know why? You have resisted and resisted and rejected and not gotten right, and a wicked man hardeneth his face. That's what the Bible teaches. He lost his fellowship with God. He embarrassed the whole country. He was the king, and look what he did. He's been telling us, don't do this, and look what he did. He, his, his, uh, his, his daughter, his, his only daughter uh, uh, by his wife got raped. One of his sons murdered another one of his sons. That son ran away, then came back, tried to overthrow his daddy and take his kingdom and was going to kill his dad, which he couldn't do. David was a tough guy. David suffered many years with a broken heart. One night of sin. You know what we forget about sin? We don't forget it as sin. So there's no sense talking about that. We forget the consequences that come Achan, did you honestly forget that rebellion against God was no longer sin? That stealing what is God's is no longer sin? Then can I ask you a question, Achan, why would you do it anyway? Why would you take that anyway? Because while he was in the sin, Achan forgot about the consequences that comes along with sin. Achan's sin cost Israel 36 good men. It brought Israel in the new country their only defeat. Their only defeat because he stole. This is, look, for those of you that think, oh, why they say we have to give this, and if we don't do that, we can't do this, because one man not doing what is right with what is God's can bring defeat to an entire church or an entire country. Achan, did you forget that rebelling and that stealing and robbing what belongs to God? He didn't forget that. He did not forget those things. That part of sin he remembered. What he forgot was the consequences that came with his sin. He forgot that which always accompanies our sin and that which follows our sinning. What am I saying? Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. What am I saying? He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. What am I saying? The soul that sinneth, it shall die. 
What am I saying? Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. God only does that when you have sinned and stepped out of line. What am I saying? Be sure your sin will find you out. What am I saying? An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Folks, would you quit getting vengeance on other people? Will you quit getting right, uh, getting evil with other people? Don't you understand what you're doing to yourself and the truth of God? What am I saying? They have sown the wind, they shall reap the whirlwind. You know, you always, you always, uh, whatsoever man sows, that shall him. You reap the same, but not the same quantity. You do not put a seed of wheat in the ground and you get a stock with one seed on it. No, it's still wheat, everything after its own kind, but you get more. So whatever it is that you're doing and thinking, well, I just, you know, I'm not sure if that's sin anymore. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You know. Yes, you do. So what happens here is this. This is the part of sin we normally forget. When we are in sin, not that it's not sin. We didn't forget that part. We forgot about what's going to follow. You claim to be a Christian and yet you drink. You know it's a sin. A little wine for thy stomach's sake. He's talking about medicine. Besides that, what you're drinking isn't wine, you know. You know that's a sin. You can lie, you can deceive, you can try to justify, but you haven't forgotten. You have not forgotten. If you've ever been taught, you have not forgotten. Just because a lot of Christians are drinking now. And by the way, you ever notice this? Every person who drinks nowadays only drinks sociably. Oh, we only do it to be nice to other people. Oh, we only do it when we're sitting down to have spaghetti. Uh, sorry, Christina. Uh, we're only doing that. She's Italian. Valentino. Uh, and I tried to straighten out Dan on that. He knows better now. And so, listen to me very carefully. What you evidently have forgotten is not that it's a sin. Quit, let's, just quit, let's just cut to the chase. You know that. But what you have forgotten is the guilt. Like right now, you're sitting right here trying to justify if you drink. You've got this big argument going on inside of you of why you believe it's okay. You're lying. You're wasting money while you're telling people we can't make ends meet. What about that car accident? I can drink and drive. I've never had a problem with that. Yeah. Tickets, sickness, vomiting, loss of memory, perhaps your marriage, stealing from your family, taking what belongs to others in your bills so that you can have a sociable drink. We'll call it sociable drinking. My dad, uh, my sister, my dad uh, drank, I've never known my dad not to drink. Listen to me carefully. My dad, in his opinion, started off as a sociable drink. By the way, most of us, if you ever drank at all, you didn't start off going, you know something, I think one of these days I want to end up under a viaduct with dried puke all over me and not have a place to go. Yeah, that's what I want. Nobody starts that way. Do you know how they started? Sociable drinking. Just like our stupid politicians that legalized marijuana. 
nobody starts off shooting up heroin, smoking hash. Nobody starts off that way. Guess what they start off with? Sociably smoking. You knew it was wrong. Now you simply have moved that underneath the guise of our government, and the law says it's okay. Well, the law also said for the longest time that abortion was okay. You as a Christian, you don't know that that's murder? You as a Christian do not know that drugs are wrong? So my dad drank all of his life. And you said, well, uh, by the way, he lived to be 94. He said he drank, oh my goodness, my dad on a Sunday could drink a fifth of Canadian club and an eight-pack just working around the yard, sociably, sociably drinking. My dad could do that and go right on with his work. Then one day my mom divorced me. Listen, my mom divorced me. Then my dad really drank. You know, whatever little habit you have right now, when something goes wrong, you think will be your outlet. My mom divorced him, and I watched my dad go from six kids and a ranch-style home in Hilliard with a car and a couple of dogs and some little bit of land to driving away in his car with his cows. His drinking added to abuse of the family, mistreating my mom, not supplying quite like he should have, and on and on and on. You think that's what he was thinking about when he was drinking? My dad had a complete colostomy. My dad's liver was eat up. His mind was completely eat up. Now, he didn't start that way, sociably drinking. Worked at a bar. What do you do? Hey, here's one for you, buddy. Right? It's kind of fun. Yeah, just being sociable. My dad died and didn't even remember half the time where he was or what he was doing. My dad never smoked, never took dope, nothing like that. Just drank. I guess he didn't realize what comes along with sinning. Hey, boy and girl, having sex with whomever. We as Christians, we're, we're, so, we're so naively ignorant. We are purposefully ignorant sometimes. I don't think you ought to talk that way in church. You know, if you talked that way at home and straightened them out, I wouldn't have to. You know fornication and being a whoremonger, that's a male running around with whomever he wants to. You can lie, you can deceive, you can try to justify it, but you haven't forgotten that it's a sin, and that's why you still try to hide it. People running around, what do you want us to do? Uh, this is Mr. and Mrs. No, you're not. And sleeping together doesn't mean you're married. Why well, think in God's eye? You do a lot of thinking for God, don't you? But what you evidently have forgotten are the consequences that follow. The guilt Young ladies, listen to me. Old ladies, listen to me. Middle-aged ladies, ladies, listen to me. A man gets what he's after. You didn't get what you were after. You wanted someone to care for you, to love you, to watch over you, to share things with you. But as soon as he got what he wanted, he left you, went to somebody else. Now there's that guilt, the sorrow, the unwanted, unwanted pregnancy. I got an answer for unwanted pregnancy, it's not, and it's not abortion. Stop sinning. Amen. Stop your sinning. Amen. Perhaps after all of this, you had to have an abortion or thought you did. You were instructed to. Now they're single parenting. 
disease, embarrassment, loneliness, hurt, tears, heartache, on and on and on for just sleeping. Let's call it sleeping. That's what the Bible calls it. The Bible doesn't say sleeping, though. The Bible calls it fornication and adultery. Did you think you could live in sin forever and nothing happened? Did you forget? Christian, have you... You, you have a heavenly father who not only expects you not to live in sin, but when you are, get right with him and don't continue on in sin. You need to stop. Look, it's a new year, 2023. Let's get back to the basics and not just in church. How about in our family? Mom and dad, teach your little girls how to dress right, set right, act right. Hey, fella, quit acting like an effeminate sissy. Time for you to grow up and learn how to work. Be a godly man, a gentle man, a man that's gentle, not an effeminate sissy. Am I preaching? Anybody, anybody amening anymore? You're not a man because you can pick up the corner of the building. You're a man because you know how to control yourself. And if my son talked like that, I'd make him yell and scream until he talked like that for a while. But it's just the way he is. Changing. But like David and Achan and King Saul and Samson and others in the Bible, they knew. They knew what they what they were doing was a sin, and they were guilty, and they knew that too. But they evidently forgot about the things that come along with it, the consequences. Hey, you dealing with drugs, pharmaceuticals or not, you're just taking them by the handfuls because you don't want to really get healthy. You just want to cover stuff. I, I got pain in my finger. I need a pill. Now, don't go home and, and trash everything. But don't our preacher told us to do it. I'll be in prison. <laughs> hey, you living in adultery, there's consequences come along with that. You messing with witchcraft, demonism, you getting deeper into pornography, those of you that to now open gossip is just a open season on whoever, you honestly think because you think it's right that it's not sin anymore? Robbing God is a sin. Cheating on your spouse is a sin. Rebellion against parents is a sin. Losing your temper is a sin. Divorce is a sin. You ready? You ready? You ready? Gambling is a sin. I stood in line one day, not to buy tickets, at a gas station had become a gambling place. And I'm waiting in line. And they got more ticket machines than they have gas pumps. And I'm waiting there, and I'm watching this guy on the west side of Columbus. Now, I know why you live on the west side. It's all you can afford. Now, before you take that to heart, I grew up here. North Harris, Central Avenue. Been there, done that. Went to the University of West High School. Amen, brother. Now, that girl there did too. A couple others did. Listen to me carefully. I knew, you knew, we all did, that these things were wrong. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Oh, the story. Sorry. Thanks for reminding me. So I'm standing there, and I'm waiting, and I, I try to be patient. I'm not real good at it, but I try to be patient. Yeah, I'm confessing this morning. Got me? Okay. So there I am, and I'm waiting on this guy. All I want to do is pay for gas. It's a gas 
gas station. I want to I get gas, pay for gas, and leave the gas station. This guy has a wad of money you would not believe. And he's sitting there, and he's telling the female behind there, he wants 300 and some dollars worth of lottery tickets. Now, each one of those, I guess you can, uh, Brother Armando probably knows, you, you can either say just randomly let the, let the computer, I think, pick them, or you have, he wanted to pick each one of them. So he had a big piece of paper. I want this number, this number, this number under that lottery ticket. I want, and I'm standing here. And I'm, I've got the gas in my car. It's not like I can drive away and go somewhere else. And I'm listening to this whole thing. First of all, I want to know, you live on the west side and have $300, $400 for lottery tickets? Seriously? And I'll bet you're that same guy or girl that says, I just don't make enough money for my job. And I always like the person who goes like this, I want some. I know, that's probably why you're still living on the west side. I'm not down on you folks, listen to me, I've lived here all my life, so please don't. You know these things are sin. I, I don't have to keep running this by you, but I will anyway. And since you know, you're accountable to God. We just talked about that. God will not chastise you or deal with you harshly for sins of ignorance. You'll have to learn. But God's not going to punish you for what you do not know yet. And those of you that confess, God said, you come to me. You confess and hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Don't go back and buy more lottery tickets. Confess and forsake. Like David, like all these people, we know. But evidently we have forgotten what comes after the sin. Sin is charging up a credit card that somebody's going to pay for. We have allowed our young people, and I'm talking about young adults, a free credit card called Live the Way You Want. And you're just charging it up for all you are worth. And you're hoping that President Biden will say, we'll pay that off for you. Sin is not paid off, swept under the rug, or forgotten about. Sin has to be forgiven by God. You say, oh, I, I, I'm sinning, Christian. I enjoy it. There's nothing happening. Go to Ecclesiastes. Remember we were there? Go to Ecclesiastes. You have Psalms right in the middle of your Bible. After that, you have Proverbs. Go to Ecclesiastes. Then find chapter number 8. You ever notice when you're in the ecstasy, the excitement, the, the up-tempo of your sin, whether it's stealing, you know, some, some kids, even some adults, take it as a challenge to walk into a place and steal stuff and be able to get out. Like you're so cool, it doesn't matter. Besides, they got plenty of clothes and, and jewelry and stuff, right? I guess that's why you go to a bank or rob a bank. They got plenty of money in there. They don't need all that. You do know that's not their money. I would say it's mine, but I have any other either. Listen to me carefully. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Here's what you're banking on. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. Because sentence or judgment against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. In other words, because nothing will happen about the consequences, you think you got by with it. 
you think nothing's going to happen. So you continue on even doing more. Even I remember the first time I stole something. Druggist, uh, he wasn't that sharp to begin with, and uh, so he was up there. So we come up with this plan. Now, what do you need a plan to get a model car for except for not wanting one? So I told Troy, "You come through the front door and start talking to him. I'm going to sneak through the back door underneath where the mirror is and get a couple of model cars, and you're going to go out the back door and I'll join you." Isn't that great? justifying what we know is sin. We know it is before. We know it is during. And we know after. Then why would we do this? Because we forgot about the consequences that comes along with it. God knows and you know that you're sinning. God is being patient with you. Why would God allow you to get by with it? God is hoping that what you'll do Christian is come to him and confess before he has to. You ever notice your parents go like this? They, they know what you did. They go like this. What did you do? And you're thinking in your head, you're standing right there. You know what I did. Then why are they asking? Isn't that a good question? Why would they ask? Why would God ask Cain? Where's your brother? Why would God ask why would God run a story past David? He already knew the outcome. 
So what is God trying to do? God is trying to give you an opportunity for you to change your mind and get right with God before he has to execute judgment on your life, before he has to chastise you, before he has to stop you. Look, if you're God's child, he can't let you go on. But he's not going to He's not going to zap you. If God doesn't want me doing this, why didn't he kill me? That's not what God wants. God loves you. If God loves the sinner, you're his child. He's not looking to destroy you. He's hoping that what you'll say is, I can't keep doing this. This has got to stop. God's attaboy. Way to go. That's what you want to do. So you need to come this morning. When you think about it, you're going to go back to it. You already know it's wrong before, during, and after. But what has not happened yet are the consequences. Do you know when most people walk through those doors, most, a lot of them who were captured didn't, was the consequences of my sin had taken everything from my life and almost destroyed me. And I walked through the doors of the church. Christian, Bible said in Proverbs 28, 30, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. There you are working a job, can't make ends meet. There you are going home, everything's falling apart. There you are driving down the street. Wouldn't you know it that people run into me just when my insurance lapsed? Boy, what an accident. How unlucky can a Christian get? You're not unlucky. God's trying to get your attention to say, please, I want you to stop before I have to step in. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. God is saying, look, I'm not going to destroy you. You come to me, I'm not going to destroy you. Oh, so you are guilty. That's not what God's going to do. God's saying, so you didn't come to trust me, to talk to me about your sin, to tell me you were wrong, to agree with me, that you're wrong. Okay, let's get this thing straight. I will forgive you, and then we're going to work on this. Okay? And so that's the way it has to work. You have to understand, preacher, what can I do to stop what I'm doing and remember not to get caught up in sin if I forget the con- if I forget the consequences. Look, if I forget it, and that's what helps me to, to go on and do, because I, I, I think I'll cover it up. I think it'll be okay. God, what... Preacher, what can I do? God, help me. What? How can I go about not falling into that cycle again? Listen to me. What you allow, you don't come to God. You're going to allow again. He's your out. He's your answer. He's the solver. He's the one that forgives. He's the one that has the strength to help you go on down where you need to be. Let me give you this really quick and we'll be done. Number one. What can you do? Believe and obey the authorities God has placed over you. I don't have any authority over me. That's called rebellion and get right with God. We think because man has treated us in an unjust way or a mean way or a sinful way, we don't have to obey any authority. You do know God's an authority. Preacher is an authority. And mom and dad are authorities. By the way, do you know where people end up that don't mind being called by such a name like that? Prison. Nobody, by the way, you know what's going to happen to you in there? They're going to tell you to do 
you're not going potty now. Nope, that is your roommate, so just get in there. Nope, you'll exercise when we tell you. You don't like being told what to do? That's like I did going to the military. I was in so much trouble because I hated people telling me what to do. So I went in the military. Sinners are pretty stupid. Believe and obey the authorities. I'm talking about your mom. I'm talking about your dad. Now see, as soon as I say that, the devil wants to, I don't have a dad. I'm not minding anybody. Okay, so that's where you're going to go through life, right? You're going to major on the bad so you can go ahead and sin, do whatever you want to do. How far do you think that's going to go? A preacher. I'm not saying they're all right. But God gave you a preacher. Oh, yes, he did. I follow the Lord. You don't know your Bible. Most people don't follow the Lord. If you're going to heaven right now, dependent upon you quoting and finding, quoting and knowing scripture verse, 10 verses, could you stand up right now and give them? And yet you're going to live for the Lord without a preacher's help, without a church. Not going to happen. Number two, learn to do good and stay away from evil. friends. I don't have any friends. By the way, somebody made a statement the other day. When they say something that's not right, I, I what do you call that? Unfriend them. Unfriend them. I did what? Unfriend them. You know, by the time you finally hear that, you've already heard it. It's too late. Listen up here. I know you all want to share your, your little experiences now. Look up here. I call it blocking. Well, I'll tell you what I did one time. Don't care. Look. Why did you unblock them? Or why did you block them? Why did you drop them? Why did you shoot them? Whatever. Because of what they said. You already heard it. You already saw it. Right? I have a better idea. Drop them all. Now. But you won't. What if there's something I need to tell you? Go ahead, say it. Yeah. Nothing like fresh gossip on the line. It's about you. Oh, God, I got, oh, I, I can smell the wood burning. Well, I never do anything wrong for people to talk about. Well, I'm better than Jesus, aren't you? You're really better than my wife used to say to me. We first got into this, Mike and other people got us lined up with phones and stuff, and I'm going to forgive you for that. But anyway, um, so I, I Honey, if you're not doing anything wrong, what do you have to worry about? Are you serious, Christian? Jesus did nothing wrong. So they made up stuff about him. Yes? All they got to do is not like you. They don't even have to face you. They don't have to prove anything. Just there. And 10,000, how do you have that many friends? Oh, you feel important now. You know how many friends I've got? i got 45,682 friends. Yep. Name them right now. You couldn't do that. Put a pencil in your head. You don't even know who they are. Boy, you feel important. Right? You carry around a phone, liar, liar, dress on fire. Well, in case something goes wrong and my mom needs me. Your mom has never needed you. She doesn't really even want you, so there you go. 
Learn to do good and stay away from evil. Turn to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16 and then find verse 19. Romans 16 verse number 19. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not funny. Christians are dying constantly, changing direction constantly, rearranging what they think is right and wrong constantly, which is pretty amazing when it comes to find out God's word never changes. Preachers change. Teaching changes. People change. The world changes. God doesn't change. God doesn't change. Well, I know more now than I should. Anything is taking you closer to the world. You're not learning more. You're, you're getting... I shouldn't say dumb or stupid. Should I? I shouldn't say that stuff. I shouldn't say they're dumb or stupid. Right? That's, really, I mean, that's just not nice. You're dumb and stupid. <laughs> Romans chapter 16, verse 19. I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. What's Paul saying? Unlike our world today that says you need to learn all of the filth and all of the wrong and all the fake religions and all about evolution and all about what the liberals think and all about what Congress thinks, so you'll know which one's right. That's backward. When I, you say, preacher, how do you get through this world of knowing what's right and wrong? Something that most Christians won't do. You won't settle long enough to, to fix a foundation of truth in your Everything else has to fit on there. And if it doesn't, it's not worth it. You can spot it right off the bat. All you got to do is like it. Nah, that's not right. Well, who knows? It may be new. There's nothing new under the sun. If you just knew your Bible. Smoking kills people. I used to smoke. Two and a half packs of cools a day from the time I was about 12 until I was about 22 years old. That's why I'm so cool looking. Look at me. It is a filthy sin. Your breath stinks. You ever know people, they drive in a car and they'll go out the window, right? You know you still smell like an ashtray when you get in the car. I'm not mad at you. I'm saying is, sin, my dad, you know what sin sin is? Don't raise your hand, never mind. Not, not what sin is. That's what I'm preaching about this morning. Sin sin used to be these super strong little tablets. After you get through drinking, you put it on your tongue, and it's so strong, you can't smell the alcohol. Everybody knew when they smelled that, you've been drinking. So it didn't cover up anything. It actually drew attention. Do you know when you sat here? mentioned certain things and all of a sudden your whole facial expression changes because of you doing it. Or you do this. Or you have your own personal Bible study. Oh, sorry. Sentence. Oop, not looking at my Bible again. Paul is saying here, you don't need to know all the evil in the world. Google. sinful world and everything that's going on 
learn to do good and stay away from evil. Number three, number three. Learn from the examples around you. Here's what you do. Well, yeah, preacher, if I grew up like you did, you probably were handed everything. Oh, yeah, handed everything. Yep, drunken dad, mom ran around, kids got beat up, uh, people got abused, got left. My mom boozed one time, left me with four hands. Say what? Do what? I was in the military. forgot to give you the, yeah, you forgot, you sure, uh, but I found them, we're okay, um, you had to understand, learn from the examples around you, I, I'm not bragging about what I did, and you shouldn't either, but sometimes you get to thinking, yeah, well, you don't know what it's like, you don't know, what, first of all, I don't have to do that, in order for me to witness to you, I have to know what you've gone through and been a part of that. I'd have to be a junkie, a drunkard, a bum, uh, 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 everything. I'd have to experience everything. That's ridiculous. I have a Bible who God inspired it to be written, and that's all I need to tell you what you should and should not do. I'm not a good example for this. I'm, I'm an example of God's extended grace. You take a guy like this. family, Christian family, never been out in the world much. No, no, no. And you say, oh, well, yeah, look at him. Yeah. That's the way God designed it. I am not the way God designed it. I am a show of God's extended mercy to someone who lived that kind of a life. Christian that's out in the world that you see will tell you there are no exceptions to God's rules. I feel bad when I knock on a door. I just did this past Saturday and somebody who used to go to church. Almost sounds like everybody used to go to church, doesn't it? You knock on a door, I used to go to church. And I, I was down here on the west side somewhere. I forget which street it was on. And uh, honestly, I thought it was coming. itself looked like about what it felt like. But I thought, I'll go track the door anyway, just in case. And sure enough, somebody was there, opened up the door. Can I help you? I said, yes, sir, I'm Pastor Bell. I'm just going uh, from door to door telling people about our church and about Christ. He said, I know you do. I said, I know you do. Yep, I used to do that. Used to do that. He said, I used to pastor a church. I said, I first step you need to be concerned about is this one. Ready? Don't close your Bible. Ah, we're not leaving. Listen. First uh, John 1, 9. He's talking to Christians, not sinners. If we confess our sin, 
not to men, the Pope's wrong. Totally wrong. He ought to be on his face confessing his sin, but we don't have time for all that. You have to understand something. If we confess our sin, rebellion is sin. sin and you're faithful and just. How's that going to come together if you'll confess? I will forgive you. There may still be consequences. I have tattoos. I have feelings I hurt now because of the lifestyle I used to live. I have things in my head I wish were not there. Consequences. Before I became excuse for it, you know it's wrong. Okay, run home and tell your parents what you've been doing. Well, there's nothing wrong with it, right? I said, well, I don't think I'm doing wrong. Then tell your parents. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Then go tell the preacher. Hey, preach, boy, we having a great time. I've been stealing from God all along. It really, you know, it's not bothering me a bit. Go ahead and tell him. So you do know it's wrong. You know it's wrong before you started it. You knew it's wrong while you're doing it. consequences. Are you sinning? You say, I don't know for sure. You want to live and cover it up and act ignorantly and honorably. You don't look very happy either about that. You know what? Uh, I used to do a lot of drugs and drink quite a bit. And I know when I got saved, I started paying attention. Go here to Wedgwood years ago and I was driving down the street and I just got through witnessing for this young lady. And I said, why don't you come to church tomorrow? She goes, I gotta go. I said, no, it's okay. She goes, no, she said, down the corner, I gotta go. There's a dealer, drug dealer, long trench coat. Had to be 80 degrees outside. He kind of watches over you and does that thing. Now get this straight. You live in Wedgwood. You're wearing a trench coat in the summertime have a bicycle you ride. Girls, what are you looking for in a man? Oh, he was in his 30s. You ever notice people that are doing what they want to? Most of them don't live in Hilliard, Dublin, or Arlington, or wherever you live. You say, what do you got against the west side? Everything. Everything. This place needs help. Look, we got murders going on here on regular. So don't act like that with me. I didn't say you like that. I didn't say you want. I'm just making a statement. Our whole world is becoming like that, and Christians are starting to give into it, acting like we didn't know it was wrong. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Listen to me. Listen to me. Sit still. Hey. Do you understand? You know.
not saved, I tell you the consequence of that life will be the eternal lake of fire. Your choice, not God's. And all these other things that come about have consequences too. Are you saved? Are you saved? Let's just start right there. So I'm saved. Don't stop there. Christians are changed a lie. So you are actually out telling other people how to live a lie. Is that what you were doing? Then why is it wrong now? And why is it what you want to do keeps taking you closer to the world instead of closer to Him? Come on, Christian. What are we doing? We have to understand. The forgotten part of sin, 